Welcome to the Void Podcast. This podcast is produced by Void LLC and presented by Sean McKnight and Jenny Miller. We hope you enjoy this episode of Void. Episode 5. In our last episode, Jonas revealed to the revolt leader that the council was trying to enrich uranium. It was also discovered that Jonas's lost colleague had left a message verifying that a virus had returned to the lower tiers. Creating more complications, Nova Bayflower ended up being arrested and coming to the attention of the council's leader of the security force, Colonel Mercy Harlow. Sure. I need a break after last night. You heard? Uh, yeah, I heard. Jonas tends to unload to a sympathetic ear with Moonshine. I disappointed him, I could tell. I wanted to come over and make amends. Oh, look, don't worry about that. Jonas can be a hothead, but he's pretty quick to forgive after he's blown off some steam. Speaking of Jonas, shouldn't he have been back by now? Yeah, he usually doesn't like to stay on the surface that long. Do you think he's okay? Jonas can handle himself. He's fine, I'm sure. Shit! officially worried. This this is way too long. The levels are tolerable in the suit he's wearing, but it's the bare minimum grade, so it can only take so much. He's been up there a long time. And that's what can kill you, the length of time you're exposed to it. Even with the protection, it has an effect. I could go up to the hatch on Tier 1 to see. We were just getting ready to send out a search party. <sighs> yeah, well, that was a close one. The winds must have hit at least 170. I tore the suit, Gerald. You did? How bad were the levels? 3,570. 
It ripped just before I got into the hatch, so at least my timing was good. Right, that's high, but not immediately lethal. But with any luck, you'll just get a little skin cancer. <laughs> yeah, well, lucky me. The council really expects to move an army through those conditions. Yeah, well, the idea of balloons as one mode of transportation is even being considered. A real brain trust in military minds right there. Once I pass along these latest readings, they'll have to reconsider this whole idiotic idea. No, I wouldn't hold your breath on that. Hey, Jonas, I wanted to tell you how sorry I am about what happened. It, it's okay, but we can't have that kind of thing happening, Nova. I know, I know. Getting the attention of Colonel Harlow is the last thing I wanted. I've heard stories about her. Whatever you've heard, it's either true or it's worse. We have to take extra care now. Keep communications on the network to a minimum. Strictly mission business. I'm going to give you a key so you can let yourself in. If you get followed, try to lose them. From here on out, if you want to get hammered, why don't you just drink here? God knows Gerald's a cheap date. Just keep an eye on his hands. I've already been doing that. Hey, I resent that. I am a perfect gentleman. Uh, let's see, uh, please let in Colonel Harlow. Colonel Harlow, please take a seat. Thank you, Council Seat Harris. May I deliver my report? Please do. It has come to our attention that Dr. Aldridge has hired one Nova Bayflower as the pilot for a sensitive council mission. Last night we took Ms. Bayflower into custody on charges of getting into an altercation in a council establishment. Why we frown upon such behavior, it's, it's common among her type. I'm sure she's sleeping it off somewhere. Dr. Aldridge assures me she's a qualified pilot. I'm sure she is. My concern is, after questioning the manager of the council establishment, it was revealed that she mentioned the virus. She did? In what context? Apparently it was dismissed by the manager as drunk gibberish. Oh, thank goodness for that. Do you think she knows anything? She could have been crying about the past. We've contained the problem in the lower tiers, so there's no way she could have heard something. Unless... Unless what? Unless she heard something from her new friends, Dr. Aldridge and Dr. Daniels. Those two. They're scared of their own shadows. They would never venture down anywhere past Tier 10. They have their noses stuck in research. Just as a precaution, I'd like to keep a closer eye on all three of them. We agree. You have our consent. One instruction, don't interfere for now. Only observe. As you wish. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. That was absolutely the most miserable doctor's appointment I've ever had in my entire life. They had to double check to make sure there was no infection. Don't be such a baby. Hey, let's see them dig around your spine with the equivalent to an ice pick, and you let me know how that goes for you, okay? Huh? That's why they make silky smooth anesthesia. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I see now. Um, hey, tell me more about Europa. Don't say that name out loud. See that couple? It's about ten yards away or so. Over there by the vent. Oh, they're telling us? Yep. I'm surprised they gave themselves away so easily. Well, that's most likely intentional. 
Fine, I won't say the name out loud. Just tell me more about it then and sound educational about it. Why there? Because Mars' terrain offers little hope of terraforming, even if we could get past the surface storms. Europa offers the more likely chance of life. Why didn't we try to go there first? Distance. Mars is around 33 million miles or so from Earth, and you know how difficult it was to get there. Yeah, but there is better technology up there now, since there are no restrictions. There are also no standards. So if Mars is 33 million, how far is the other place? 390 million, well, give or take a million. Wow, what? How long would it take to get there? Depending on the pilot, the crew, and the ship, six months to a year, maybe? Something like that, uh, barring other issues that come up. Right. Meteor showers, the asteroid belt beyond Mars, random debris from other objects. Exactly. We'll have to make a pit stop at the fuel depot in Mars's orbit to top off the tank before we begin the final push. And what's there? Sodium chloride. Salt? Salt water, to be more precise. A, a vast ocean of it. There are many scientists who believe that this particular moon could support life. What he's leaving out is that the surface oxygen levels are too thin for us to breathe. Which doesn't really matter since the temperature hits around minus 260 degrees Fahrenheit on an average day. But under the ice? Under the surface ice, we believe it's a different story. Theory, Gerald. Nothing more. Yes, but sound theory. We've been taking readings below the surface of the planet, and the warmer temperatures exist along with more terrain. The ice sheet on the moon would almost be like like our ozone layer here. Great. We can trash that, too. If we're right, there could be an area below the ice where it could sustain life. It, look, it wouldn't be ideal, but it could give us a place to live for a while, at least with the abundant water sources. We could use the same drilling machines we used to create the colony. If they still work. I mean, I guess we can't even really stay here, can we? The way this planet is degrading? No. No, we, we can't stay. Gerald said on Europa, I'm not so convinced. I believe there are other options beside Europa that are also worth investigating, like Proxima B. Proxima B is three billion miles away, Jonas. It would take anywhere from three to five years just to get there. Do you really think we have the time and the resources for that? I think we have to keep our options open. If Europa doesn't work, we'd have an alternate, and we'd already be on our way. Now let's hope it doesn't come to that. I, I don't think we can wait that long. Okay, gentlemen, this is where I leave you. Enjoy your council meeting. Nova, be careful, okay? <laughs> I will. Doctors Daniels and Aldrich here on council business. Gentlemen, so happy you can join us. Uh, how are you feeling, Dr. Daniels? I'm as well as can be expected. I have good days and bad. Well, I'm sure you're bouncing back just fine. All right. Thank you for your concern. Well, we have a busy schedule today, gentlemen, so we'll get right to it. Uh, how are you doing on the uranium project? You may have seen in my initial report that we're a bit delayed without the proper protection and equipment. Yes, we looked over your request and found most of them acceptable. Except for the protection we asked for. Without access to proper... To pro Our sources have confirmed that... And you what sources would those be? If you allow me to continue, our sources have confirmed that uranium typically emits only small amounts of gamma radiation. 
The shields you ask for are being used for other purposes and the materials are quite rare that they're made from. The radiation suits we're providing should be adequate. There is no suit that stops gamma radiation. It only mitigates it to a degree. We need the shield so that we can operate from a distance. We're not going to be holding this stuff in our hands. Basically, if you want us to not die so we can keep working for you, then we'll need everything we asked for. Okay, we can spare two sets of shields only. Is that adequate? No, it's a start. We'll see if we can work with it. There's another matter, gentlemen. Dr. Aldridge, it seems the pilot you hired has quite a mouth on her. She was spreading the seeds of discontent at a local council-sanctioned entertainment establishment. The manager there heard her mention something about the virus. The virus? No one's talked about that in years. Your friend, Miss Bayflower, had some things to say about it. Look, she had a rough day that day at Council Seat Harrison. She was consoling with me about the past. She explained to me later that she had drank too much and unfortunately, she needed to let off some steam. She very much regrets her actions. Very well, Miss Bayflower is in your hands, Dr. Aldridge. Please rein her in or find another pilot. As you're both aware, loyalty is rewarded. Lack of faith, well, that's less desirable. Understood. Now, if there's nothing further... I'm afraid I have another concern. Yes, Dr. Aldridge. I was wondering if you had a chance to look at my report. We gave it a glance. We see that the radiation levels are manageable for our transports currently. But you'll notice that that wasn't my primary concern. It was the wind. <laughs> the wind? The wind is at exceedingly high speeds. There was discussion of the use of balloons, which is never going to work. We'll determine the military strategies, Dr. Aldrich. But even the ground transports could be damaged or destroyed by flying debris. It's not safe for anyone to be on those transports. Very good, Dr. Aldrich. We'll revisit your wind concerns. Good day, gentlemen. Sure. Glad we can help. Uh, one last thing, Dr. Aldrich. Yes? You should know that the irrigation solution you came up with for Tier 6 is working beautifully. Ah, I'm glad to hear that. Did everything work okay with my design? Oh, yes. They loved our design right away. Our design? Yes. The residents of Tier 6 were quite happy with the council and the services we provided when we had you design the new system. As you know, as one of our consultants, you serve at our pleasure, and we're grateful for that. So happy the council is enjoying the accolades of the colony residents. We are too. Happy colonists or loyal colonists. Thoughts and prayers. That smug son of a bitch. Suck it up, Jonas. It's not worth tangling with Harris and his cronies. Especially with Colonel Harlow in the room staring at us like that. She didn't say a damn word the whole time. That was creepy. Does it seem to you like they're getting more militant? Definitely. They only care about the uranium and the military. They couldn't give a damn less about what's going on with the colony's populace. Except when he wanted to take credit for your work and rub your face in it. Yeah, except for that. Yeah, but we have to find a way to figure out this radiation thing. I'm not going to die of radiation sickness because they want to cheap out on materials. I couldn't agree more. We can only stall for so long before we'll have to at least look like we're doing something with it. Have you ever thought about asking the cavers? Asking the cavers about what? Well, how they survive on the surface with the radiation. 
I don't exactly have their phone number, Gerald. And then there's the issue that if I run into them, they'd probably kill me since I'm part of the colony and I'd be wearing a radiation suit that has the council emblem on it, no less. I always heard that they were neutral. I'm not at liberty to discuss it with them since I've never actually seen a caver. Well, if you ever get the chance, should you sit down and talk with them, I'm fascinated with their lifestyle. And I'm dying to know how they managed to live in those caves and not die from the radiation. I mean, how do they eat? Where, where do they get fresh water? Do they have babies? There's so much we don't know about them. If I run into one of them, I'll see if I can set you up on a play date. some yummy treats for you, my sweet kitty. Come on, where'd you go? Come on, kitty. And how did she get out again? Meow. Oh, there you are. You did get out, you silly kitty. How'd you keep doing that? Alert. This is a network announcement. There is a radiation alert in Tier 7, Sector 12. Repeat. There's a radiation alert in Tier 7, Sector 12. This tier is in lockdown until the source of the radiation is contained. Tier 7, Sector 12. That's us. Oh, damn it! Repeat. This tier is in lockdown until the source of the radiation is contained. The council thanks you for your attention and sends thoughts and prayers. This episode of Void featured the voice talents of Ella Dembias Strata, Frank Jucknowitz as the narrator, Norma Chera as Council Seat Harris, Sean McKnight as Jonas Aldridge, Jenny Miller as Nova Bayflower, Mike Sutton as Gerald Daniels, and Amy Teresa as Mercy Harlow. The Void theme song, Equilibrium in Turbulence, was composed and produced by David Parsons from Avid Wolf Music. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at void-podcast.com. <laughs>